Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Welcome to a very special episode with Michael Edwards. Dubbed the perfume experts expert by Evelyn Lauder, Michael has been an innovator, educator, and passionate advocate of the fragrance industry for over 30 years. Working closely with perfumers and fragrance developers, Michael travels the world to record fragrance history with independence and impartiality, with integrity and accuracy. Michael's work remains a universally embraced source of fragrance classification through the invention of the fragrance wheel, an essential tool for fragrance houses and retailers. Having known and admired Michael for over 20 years, I wanted to share his profound knowledge of fragrance and scent in the context of self-expression, style, and why the perfume we choose to wear places an indelible mark in our memory. In this conversation, we explore the original fragrance powerhouses, the science of selecting scent, and how perfumers work with this information to create fragrances. We talk about the evolution of fragrance development and how the reimagination of classics and globalization has spawned the rise of niche fragrance houses. In the spirit of exploring all things ageless and my love of perfumes, there really is no better place to start a personal reinvention than an olfactive walk through our memories and selecting a new fragrance to take us into the future. It was really accidental. Um, I got downsized in 1983, some 40, some 40 years ago. Uh, I worked in marketing. I'd worked for Holston, but the company that owned Holston, this was when Holston was a great brand so successful that in the United States, it made more money than the whole of Max Factor, believe it or not. Anyhow, I got downsized. I'd always been fascinated by the problems department stores perfumery have in selling fragrances. Um, You know, fragrance fascinates, and yet it frustrates. Allure magazine famously said that trying to find the right fragrance is almost as hard as trying to find the right partner. <laughs> I like that. We're not far wrong than that. Um, and we can be fickle with our affairs. You know, we've all had a few affairs. <laughs> we've all had a few faithful fragrances. We've all had the fragrance that's done us wrong and the ones that's broken our heart and lingers in the memory forever. But you know, the ones that linger in your memory, the ones that probably broken your heart, (laughs) probably belong to one or two of the 14 different fragrance families. If you ask people for the names of their most favorite perfumes, you get three or four, almost invariably, at least two of them will fall into the same family. Baha, we don't know why. There's many theories, but there's no actual proof. All we know is that that happens. And when it comes to try to find fragrances, we're faced with the problem. There's an avalanche of new fragrances in the last 10 years, for example, 2012 to 2021. We've tracked over 28,000 new fragrances. Imagine that. But there's an even deeper problem. There is no common language in fragrance. Each of the brands describes their fragrances differently. 
and each of the perfumers behind the scene, the great technical companies that create perfumery, have different technical classifications. So what we end up with is a cacophony of confusion. That meant that people, consultants at the counters, because they couldn't figure out which ones to suggest to you because they didn't really understand what you were talking about, they would tend to promote the perfumes that they themselves liked, which isn't very helpful. Michael, one of the things that we've spoken about before, um, and certainly when I used to be a, um, a distributor of brands, I, I used to import Lattes en Parfumer, I imported um, uh, La Perla, uh, Penhaligans, Ferrari fragrances, and um, you know, the explosion and the move away from a signature fragrance and the classics. I'd love for you to share, because a lot of the people who are listening now either have a signature fragrance or a wardrobe of fragrances that are their go-tos. And you've very kindly shared that we typically tend to uh, like and choose fragrances from the same family. But Let's talk about the originals. What are the classics that endure and in your mind and in your universe form the starting point for making that selection and categorization? Are there a handful of fragrances that have stood the test of time that are the original classics that endure today? Yes, with pleasure. Uh, the fragrance that started it all was Jiki by Guerlain, J-I-C-K-Y by Guerlain in 1889. It's not an easy fragrance to wear, but it started it because it was the first that put a splash of synthetic notes into the naturals that were the basis of perfumery. I know people tend to think that synthetic notes are nasty, but they're not. They're the foundation of great perfumery. A great perfume is probably a blend of the finest naturals on a skeleton of innovative synthetics. And Aimé Guerlain, who created Jiki, when asked why he included synthetics, he said, because they gave me an effect I couldn't find in nature. I could follow through and say from Guerlain came Shalimar in 1925. Which I still love. Which I still love. Signature, absolutely an amazing fragrance. Still today, even now, perfumers say, I wish I could create a new Shalimar. It, it does night. feel like there's been, you know, you it think is. about the brands like Tom Ford or even Erin um, and, you know, Beretto, um, so many lovely niche fragrances that that have resurfaced and we're, we're now quite comfortable paying 300, 400. I know Versace have just launched a collection of um, yes. premium fragrances and they're yes. gorgeous. They're gorgeous. So no more kind of discounted mass fragrances. All of the houses are now reinvesting. Certainly Joe Malone had a, an explosion, uh, explosive effect um, on premium, you know, lifestyle fragrances as well. She was where, one of the early niche fragrance houses. Where do you, um, you, you talked about, um, or we talked about the language you created and, and simplifying selecting a fragrance. And you're quite right. We're now having conversations online or listening to this podcast. And maybe you remember a fragrance that you were in love with many moons ago, mm. and it informs your sense of what you like in a fragrance, but you're looking for something different. Mm -hmm. How would you say we start the journey of discovering a new fragrance for ourselves? Maybe one that speaks to the woman or the man that we are now 
but still captures, you know, the happiest Lovely memories idea. of our 20s. Lovely idea. If I may, just before I go into that, to put Nish into context. In the 1970s, there were 17 Nish houses. In the 1980s, that expanded to 18 Nish houses. In the 1990s, 180 new Nish houses. Since the year 2000, we've tracked over 1,300 new Nish houses. That is so generous of you to share those findings because I think that that's a wonderful place to start. And I love that you anchored it to, we can go back to something that we've worn before or loved before and then seek recommendations. Before we finish, Michael, I know that you're working on a new book and I'm so fascinated by this. And we've touched on it a little bit. You're uh, writing, publishing a new book on American classics and the impact of mm. American fragrances. And I know that, you know, we often look to France as the, you know, the mothership of fine fragrances, but there have been other massive cultural influences. You know, we've had uh, the influx of oud and deep roses and quite um, rich fragrances from Arabic countries. Uh, we've definitely had a trend from Scandi fragrances, the clean notes, um, and Italian fragrances at a time were extremely successful. A lot of the designer fragrances are from Italian houses. What makes the American fragrance houses special and what did they give us? It's been fascinating. It's probably my last book. I've been working on it now for 30 years. Uh, when I checked, first interview was with Josephine Catapano, the perfumer who created Fiji for Gila Rush. That was in 1988. That's a so pretty fragrance. Well, she also did Youth Dew for Lauder and Norell, the first significant American designer fragrance. I set out, nobody had done it before. I set out to trace the evolution of American perfumery from Bluegrass of 1934, Elizabeth Arden's first international success, uh, through to, of course, Youth Dew of 1952. Uh, that was a gift to Mrs. Lauder. She really became fascinated with perfumery uh, from 1968 with Estée. And that was probably the first American perfume that made even the French perfumers envious. Interesting. Um, when you think of what she created as genius, think of Estée of 68, uh, aromatic elixir still among the Back world's Clinique. top selling fragrances. 1971, Aliar, 72, sports fragrance, private collection, 73, white linen, 78. And we've long. worn them all, and beautiful. Beautiful, 85, the last one on which she worked for her. She transformed perfumery, not just American perfumery, from plonk to genius. Think of Charles Revson, a brutal man, a bully, but, oh, he had a finger that made you and I tick. He knew what we would buy. He created the first successful American designer fragrance in Norell and Charlie, the transformed the perfume business. Think of Calvin Klein with the genius of imagery. I mean, the world was really intersexing me in the 1980s, and he gave us obsession. We needed a break, so he gave us escape. <laughs> business, he gave us eternity. And finally, hugs and sharing with CKY. Then you have to take into account the blockbusters of Georgia. And now with the new niche fragrances, Chinatown by Bond Number no. 9, or for example, Santal 33 by um, Lulabo. 
I, I love Lalabert. I absolutely yeah. love Lalabert. I I'm lost in their stores. I, I wear their jasmine fragrance. Yeah. I, I I have everything in it: the shower gel, the body oil, the perfume oil, the uh, eau de parfum, yeah. all of it. For me, this book has been the most extraordinary journey of my life uh, because it is my life. I started in the sixties. I've lived through it. Uh, I'm. What's interesting about this and Perfume Legends is it's not my words. I'm the word weaver. It's the words of all the people who created. It'll come out next year in Australia. It'll be here, I think, in October. Uh, so hold on for it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.